Well, good evening, everybody. <laughs> and as usual, celebration's a little crazy. We don't know what's going to happen from into the next. So um, I'm going to talk to you just for a few minutes, uh, believe it or not. Some of you moaned. I heard a moan. It's just for a few minutes. You know, when I was a kid, we used to play a game, my brothers and I, in the car. We'd go to Grayville. Dad would want to go to Grayville a lot. You can ask me later why. And we would sit in the car on a hot July or August, and we would play a game you're probably familiar with, B.B. Bumblebee. I see something that you don't see, and it is, and then we'd say the color or something. Well, then uh, my kids come along, and if you remember, uh, there was another, the game kind of changed from B.B. Bumblebee to Where's Waldo? You remember that guy with the, he looked, you know, kind of like Zach Kimball sometimes, you know, has that, <laughs> and you, where's Zach? I mean, Waldo. Anyway, he has that look, you know, uh, especially when you have glasses on, only when you have glasses, okay? But now my grandkids are around, and we play a game called I Spy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah, let me show you a picture. Can we get a picture up here? Please. There it is. I Spy. You know, and so we say, I spy with my little eye. And it'll give you kind of assignment, what to find. Uh, and this is a picture I found just off the Internet. And um, and we would play this game, and we would look at things, and we'd try to... It's a, You know, it's a, it's a different than B.B. Bumblebee. It's a tougher game. I mean, my eyes kind of get crossed after a while when I'm playing with the grandkids. Uh, in fact, uh, maybe you can help me. Can you? Do you see the keys? How many keys are there, kids? Carmody, how many keys do you see? How many keys are up there? Nora, how many keys do you find? Anybody got an idea? Bob, how many do you see? You see five keys. Okay. Anybody else? Now, some of them are them bubble blower things. You can't confuse them with keys now, but do you see keys? You see one, two? Mike says he finds five. I'm not real good at this. I see a skeleton key. I see a key under the marlin. Let's see. What? There's one in the lock, yeah. Okay. What's that? By the four ball? Where? Oh, yeah, there's a key there. So how many we we come up with? Four, yeah. So you you get that and so, what? Yeah, yeah, okay. Anybody see a stingray up there? Takes a while sometimes. You see the stingray? Okay. Okay, Pat, you can put that down. And that's 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 how the game is played, you know. It's a game of focus. You have to look. You have to. There's a lot of other things that's 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 competing for your eyes, but you're looking for a specific thing. Make sense? Um, Jesus talks about looking for something, searching for something. He says in 11, uh, Luke 11:9, and I'm just reading out of a another translation here. It says, "Ask and it will be given to you. Search and you'll find it." Knock, and it will be open to you. And it's interesting that Jesus is talking about something that's it. He's, he's saying he wants us to find something, and he wants us to knock for it. He wants us to search for it and ask for it. And so this year we're, we're looking at a theme called finding it. That's what we're talking about all this year. We're going to try to govern our lessons and, 
and this and, and our groups and everything looking for it. What is it? Now, you might say, well, what is it? That's a good question, Tim. What do you mean by it? Uh, it can be a lot of things. It can be a host of things. Um, but I guess what I'm thinking of is, is when I think of it, I think about finding my motivation, what really matters to me. I'm looking for, I'm looking, when I'm looking for it, I'm looking for the why behind the what's that I do. Why do I do that? I've been told that if you can figure out why, it'll tell you, you'll figure out what to do and it'll determine how long you do it. It's, 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 it's looking at not just, uh, the idea of my motivation, it's, uh, it's finding my mission too. What's my niche? What's my role? What does God want me to do? Um, you know, I want him to use me, but I don't know where to, where's that, what's that gonna look like? Hey bro. How you doing, man? <laughs> and so it's looking, it's looking for my mission. In other words, what, what's the role I play in the kingdom? And what does God want me to do where I work? And, um, in my small group? Uh, what does he want me to do in my neighborhood, my community? It's also looking, maybe it can mean, uh, looking for maturity. Looking for growth, looking for change. What does God want me to be? In other words, once He, what, what does He want me to become? Um, I said something earlier, and I, and more and more I think about it, the more it makes sense. I'm not as I used to be after a big church. I'm not so much after a big church. I'm learning to be after big people, bigger people that have a bigger scope of what their mission's about, a bigger vision, uh, a, a more joy, more faith, more courage. And so when I say it, I'm looking for whatever it is that you go, man, I want that when it pertains to my relationship with God and the whole scope of why I'm here. Maybe it's simply my purpose. Uh, that could be it as well. Now, with that said, I'd like to ask you tonight to make four commitments this year. Just as, you know, I get, I'm asking I'm asking you, uh, Gary and Alan and I both, or all three of us are asking the same thing. We're just asking, could you make four commitments this year that will help us find it, whatever it is, okay? First one is that I make a commitment to find intimacy with God. That I make a commitment that I'm going to find intimacy with God. I'm not interested in just Bible knowledge. I want to know the Lord. I want to know Him. I want to be close to Him. And by the way, I've learned something over the years. I'm as close to God as I want to be. You're as close to God as you want to be. And I want to ask you and uh, tonight, would you just make a commitment to get as close as you can to the Lord? Uh, let me read some passages to you. Jeremiah 29 is a very familiar passage. It talks about the plans God has for us. Here's what it says in the contemporary English Bible. When you search for me, yes, search for me with all your heart, you will find me. God does not want to play hide and seek with you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to walk with you in the cool of the day like he did with Adam and Eve. He wants to walk in your every day. First Chronicles, David said this, after they found the Ark of the Covenant, they had lost it. They had lost the Ark of the Covenant, and they finally get it back. And as, as he's running through the city, jumping and leaping and praising God, and his wife gets kind of mad at him for gyrating all over the place. <laughs> he, he finally starts breaking out in a song, and here's one of the lines in his song. He says in, in First Chronicles 16, verse 11, Search for the Lord and for His strength. Continually seek Him. 
This is from a man who was seeking God already. It's not from a guy who hadn't found God. It's from a guy who already had God. He'd already found the Lord. But he's saying we have to keep searching. We have to keep seeking Him. In fact, in Psalms 27, here's what he says. He goes, My heart says to me, seek His face. See that commitment? He's saying, My heart is saying to me, seek His face. He goes, Your face, Lord, I will seek. This is a guy that's, again, that's already found the Lord. And he's saying, I want more than information. I want transformation. And I want to have, I want to have an intimate relationship with God. I want to see his face. You read about Job. He said one time, to see God face to face, he said, I'm overwhelmed by the thought. So I want to encourage you this year, you do, you, you make this commitment tonight. I'm going to get as close to God as I possibly can. The second commitment is that I find godly connection. All these things will help us find it. A close walk with God and, a, and, and godly connection. You know, I think of all the, uh, the passages in the Bible. I think about Solomon when Ecclesiastes when he said, two are better than one and three is even better. That's what he says there in Ecclesiastes. And I thought about all the friendships in the Bible, and you probably can think of a few, can't you? That are in the Bible. Friends like David and Jonathan. David says, I loved Jonathan like I did a woman. He was that close to him. He said, he's such a good friend. They were inseparable. They were inseparable people. I can think of uh, three fellows, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were just pals, and they hung out together. They were connected, and they, and, and they were connected through some of the toughest times of their life. We all need connection. We all need connection. There's Jesus and the Twelve. There's Paul and Timothy, Paul and Silas, Paul and Barnabas, Paul and Trophimus, Paul and Titus. There's a lot of people that start with the word T that Paul knew. I don't know if he was collecting them or what, but he had lots of relationships with these with people. Why? Well, we're made for that. You and I are made not to be alone. God said it wasn't good if we were alone. He wants us to connect. He wants us to have relationships. We need a network of people around us. Not just to watch over us and hold us accountable, but to encourage us to pick us up when we fall. An example of that is a small group. Is being in a small group. That we want a church where everybody can find a small group. That can be a part of a small group. And I want to ask you tonight, give yourself to your small group. If you're in a small group, give yourself to that group. You know, be available, give your, give, give your time and energy, give your attention, give your love to that group of people. And let me say also something else about that in relation to small groups. I don't think we have enough small groups. We have very, very few groups. And we're going to, as a leadership, we're going to start shoulder tapping some people here in this room. Would you, would you please accept the tap? Accept that role and say, you know what, you want me to, to facilitate a group? You want me to be a part of leading a group? You want me to learn how to lead a group? Yeah, because we desperately need more groups. Um, some of our groups are too big. They're just way too big. And we're needing that connection. So I'd ask you, if, if, if Gary or Alan or I sh- were to shoulder tap you and say, could I talk to you about leading a group? Would you just give us you know, a chance 
<laughs> I feel like I'm selling something. Would you just give us a chance? Come on, man. I'm doing the work. You know, I mean, come on, give us a chance to explain why it's so important. We need you to, to, to learn how to mentor people, how to help people, how to make group, a group work. If we got, we've got a calendar that's out in the foyer right now. It looks like this. It's, this is what the calendar looks like. And, um, and you're, you're going to be getting that. There's going to be lots of stuff on that calendar you're going to notice. You know, we've got lots of retreats. We still have the men's retreat, the ladies' retreat, the marriage retreat. I think the ladies' retreat's coming up in just a couple of months, isn't it? Yeah. And they're working on that as we speak. We, we have uh, campus things for our campus. We have a bridge. We have a thing called Bridge Builders in August that Nathan is spearheading. And it looks like we're going to have it at Little Prairie Bible Camp this year in August. They've got a pool that really works. And it's open all the time. I don't think I have to sell. Okay. But you know, give yourself to connecting. Give yourself to connect to other, to other age groups, to other people outside of your small group. Every time we have an event, you know, we, a lot of times we have retreats. We'll have them far away and then we'll have them close. We try to have, we try to make it where it's accessible to, you know, where you can get to them. And, and some of us, some, some of the folks around here, they, they don't go whether it's close or far away. Why? Why not give yourself and come to this thing and connect, at least connect with people, because you need it. The people that go need you there, too. And so we just I just ask you, make a commitment to godly connection, whether it be a small group that meets over coffee or a friendship that you have. Let's get connected more and more this year. Let's let's make that a, a commitment. Sometimes I need help from somebody to help me find it. Am I right? Sometimes I lose it or sometimes I lose track of it and somebody else that I'm connected to helps me find it again or helps me get, get it back. And, um, and it's a wonderful blessing. Uh, the Bible talks about 1 Corinthians 12, all the parts of the body need each other. And you may think, you may think, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, this morning we were talking about just the idea of uh, other people or they're watching me. And maybe you're the kind of person who says, well, I could be gone a week and nobody would notice. You want to bet? You, you really want to, you really believe that? Let me tell you, people notice and people are affected by my presence and your presence. The third commitment I'd like to ask you to make is to find and save lost people. That we go around and we look for people that are lost and we help them find Jesus like Brian did tonight. You know, Jesus was committed, and by the way, is still committed to seeking and saving the lost. Did you know that? He's still committed to that. He still wants to see that done. And all the parables, um, all the parables in the Bible that he talks about, he has three. He talks about a lost coin, a lost sheep, and he talks about a lost son. Now, I noticed something on the picture that uh, if you put it back up, um, there's, some, there's some, some parts I put on there that are missing. I'm very disappointed. Um, but there's a coin up there. Can you find the coin? What is it? Where, where is it? Huh? What kind of coin is it? What's that? It's a nickel. You see it? It's right over there by the pretzel. See the nickel? Now I had also put a little sheep up there and a little boy playing with something, a lost son. But somehow they got lost in the internet, that's, I'll blame, I'll blame Ralph for that. But, um, 
But, you know, it, all I could think of is this as I looked at this and I put those, by the way, I put those in that picture and I lost track of them. You know, you really got to concentrate if you're going to find people that are lost. You really got to really focus. Because sometimes we're just amongst so many people, we're not even looking to see. I, you know, uh, uh, people are going through stuff just like you and I are. And they're needing somebody to notice them and notice their need for Jesus. And, and so sometimes we just need to look. You know, they, they work, maybe they work right alongside us where we work. Or, or maybe, maybe when we're shopping, we run into them at the cash register. They're checking us out. Maybe they live right next door. I know this, sometimes they're here on Sundays. And I want you to know, every, am I right about this? If you, if you bring somebody to church, do you need help with them? Yeah. <laughs> I know that's a sense. Oh, come on, Tim. Well, of course. You know, if, when somebody brings somebody, they finally get them to make a commitment to come to this church, which takes a lot of courage. There's something going on there for a person to check us out. All of us can be a part of that. And if we're not careful, we can just come and sit and soak. We can just come and sit and, oh, it's about me. And forget there are people that could use a smile, just a little attention, a little word of encouragement, and it makes all the difference. You know, I really uh, appreciate when we have people, whether they're Christians or not, they're new here and they come through the door, and I can't get to them because you're in the way. I love having that problem. I want that problem more and more. And you can help help me have that problem. Okay? I, I'm just saying, man, let's remember people are coming into God's house and this is kind of like our place. And we want to be hospitable. We want to notice them. We want to encourage them. So we make a commitment. We make a commitment like when we have events, whether it's uh, the fall fest or the campus is having a root beer riot and you, you know, we, and we try to help with that or whether the teens have something going on or whatever, whatever it be or, or there's a VBS we, we want to get involved and help because we know there's some people that, that need Jesus that are in those events so let me encourage you to make a commitment to find to seek and save lost people like Jesus and the last thing is I commit myself to find opportunities I find opportunities. Ephesians 5, 6 says this, Make the most of every living and breathing moment. You know, opportunities come in different shapes and sizes. Pat, put that picture back up. I want you to tell me, how many letters do you see? How many letters do you see up there? Count them up. Come on, kids. On the patch? No, I'm talking about letters by themselves. How many do you see? You know, I had that screen right in front of me, and I, had a, I had a, drew a line from letter to letter to letter. It took me five or six attempts to get them all. You know what I notice about all those letters that you're looking at? They're in different shapes, different sizes, and in different places. And just like every moment and opportunity, they come in different shapes, different sizes, and di- different moments to come, folks. Different opportunities come. You get an opportunity to serve. You're still looking, aren't you? Have you figured it out? How many? How many? Eight? How many think there's eight? Okay. You know, some of them is hard to find, like that N over here. That N right there above the lock. And that O by the cue ball or the four. Some of them are hard to find. 
Huh? There's ten. Eleven. You found more than I did. Let me ask you this. Do you see, do you see a girl holding something along the beach? Do you see her? Yeah, Aslan sees it. Do you see her? She's really hard to see. Do you see the cat and the puppy dog together? What are you trying to say, Tim? Man, you've got to concentrate if you're going to see stuff and find stuff. You know, when Jesus said, if you search for it, you will find it, he was right. But one translation says, you've got to keep searching, keep looking. And you might have to keep looking at something very familiar and you'll see something new. So let me encourage you to look for opportunities. Some opportunities fall in your lap like Mickey Mouse. Man, I can't miss him. But man, and that skeleton, I get him. But there's some that are so small. Some of these opportunities I really have to look for. And they're moments for me to love and care for people, to pay attention to people. There's moments, and I, I, I can't do it all. I don't, I can't, I don't, I don't recognize them all. But all of us together can recognize a whole bunch of them. And so, some of the things, some of the things that uh, we see, or maybe a moment, or a, we get an opportunity to invite someone to church, or invite someone to our home. Or to share, just, just to share our story with them. There might be an opportunity to support a ministry, an opportunity to serve in a ministry, take advantage of it. There might be an opportunity to grow with a class, or, or, or with a retreat, take advantage of it. Seize the moment. He says, make the most of every living and breathing moment. You know what I notice about moments? They are living and breathing, but they have a lifespan. The doors open and the doors close. So take advantage of these while they're open. You know, some opportunities happen because, well, I, when I come to them, it's like there's a closed door like Jesus talks about there in Matthew 7, and I have to knock to make it open. Sometimes I've got to make the opportunity. Little, give it a little nudge. So let me encourage you to commit to finding those opportunities. Now, <clears throat> Let me ask you something as then Gary can get up here and close us out. What do you need to find this year? Ask yourself that. What do you need to find this year? What is it? What is what is it that you are looking for that you need to look for? Is it your passion? Some of us here maybe you've lost it. Is it time to find it? Maybe it's your purpose, to really find your purpose, to understand it. Maybe it's a role. You see, sometimes we get in a rush with life and we get so busy with so many other things, we can't quite see what we're supposed to be focused on. It's just the, the picture of life gets too busy. I don't see the seashell. I'm too busy looking at the buttons. You know what I'm saying? Life gets that way. And so I lose track of something. Well, how do I get it back? What do you need to get back? Maybe what it is, is within your reach, and all you have to do is stretch a little. Your faith, just a little bit, and you find it. I'm asking us, let's work together as a church here in 2019. 
And let's find it. Let's find it and keep hold of it.